Testing, 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 do you read? We in here! It's time for the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. Back to the Midday Man of Sports Podcast, Episode Nine, with Eric Miller and Noah Pegler. Noah, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right, and uh, the weekend was pretty good. Got to watch the Daytona 500, which is uh, one of the most classic events in American sports, as it's the beginning of the NASCAR season. How about you, Eric? I'm good. I watched the uh, the NBA All Star Weekend, which I have to say it was kind of disappointing on Saturday night with the Skills Challenge. Uh, well, not the skills challenge, but the slam dunk contest. That was uh, that was probably the worst one I've ever seen, honestly. And looking at Instagram and watching Twitter and a reaction on social media, I'm not the only one that thought that because I, I told my wife, like, it's going to be great. You're going to love watching these dunks. I have no idea who these guys are, but they're really good from what I've heard and what I've seen in game time film. And, and then it just... It was bad. I mean, did you watch it Saturday night? Well, no, I did not. I was watching the Olympics because, uh, you know, it was the end of the Olympic Games, and I wanted to see uh, some of the last events. And I did see some of the dunks later. Um, and I, when I heard Stephen A's comments about saying that this was the worst dunk contest ever, it was like, yeah, I totally agree. Because, I mean, it's the yeah. fact that they're – just wasn't a lot of creativity with it from what I saw. And then I think I even saw the winning dunk by Obi Toppin, which uh, he ended up winning it. It's a good thing for the Knicks, but at the same time, it's wasn't that top quality, like dunks that at least we've seen in years past where, you know, you see like the Zach Levine and uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, going, uh, head to head. That was spectacular. Just the fact that they were being so creative during those dunks. And then, I mean, of course, Blake Griffin, when he jumped over the car, I mean, at least the front of the car. And then, I mean, I, I mean, I've never seen this one live, but my favorite one is the Vince Carter oh, one course. from like the early two thousands. I mean, the, oh. the first opening one, the spin and slam was like, wow. And he's hang like the hook in. Oh, I love yeah. that one. That's still one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, actually, I believe um, I think the guy for the Golden State Warriors, I think, tried to mimic that, but he didn't get enough air because no. he tried he tried to get the elbow, but he just didn't. So the other problem was and a lot of old old school dunk contests, we, they've had time limits. They didn't really have a time limit. They literally it was like 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes each dunker trying to get off one dunk. It was that bad. Normally they have like five, like three to five minutes, whatever. Um, and if they don't get it, then they just work on plan B or they work on plan C or whatever they have already game plan for that event. They didn't, they gave them so much time and they had about three attempts too. So it's like, why are you giving these guys so much time? And why are we not? It, they, they were very creative. It would have been creative. I will admit that, but terribly, terribly executed. And it just, it was boring. I, like, I told my wife when I got to bed, I'm like, I should have just came up with you. Like, I, there was no point of watching this tonight. I was so just, I was very disappointed. The three-point competition, that was nice. I'm watching, I missed the skills challenge because we, I was watching the, uh, the Duke Blue Devils play instead. And they won, so, you know, there's that. But 
oh, man, just watching the three-point competition, that was, that was a fun competition. I was hoping for Patty Mills because he's a, firm, a former uh, San Antonio Spur, and unfortunately just came up just a little short. Trey Young got there, and, man, Trey Young is so good. But but Cat, of all people, Anthony Thomas, or Cat uh, from the Timberwolves, holy crap, he was so good. And he's a big guy. He's 6'11". And I don't even think he barely had a jump. It was crazy watching him shoot the three. And I've, I know, I knew that he was a good three-point shooter. And obviously, going to Kentucky uh, back in the day with Devin Booker and now into the NBA the same year that they both got drafted. And now uh, he definitely has been working on his game. He's definitely been trying to spread the court, kind of be like that old-school Jerk Nowitzki who, re- who brought that part of the game to the United States and NBA. Now, yeah, as uh, I, I believe I did, was able to see at least one of the rounds by Carl Anthony Towns. And, I mean, he's been trying to uh, continue his role with the Timberwolves. As you know, he's pretty much the main guy. I mean, he's seen many different players come and go between Jimmy Butler and Wiggins since those were his former teammates. And clearly the Timberwolves want to keep him as their franchise player because he's their, he's pretty much their best player since Kevin Garnett when he was there in the 2000s. And they want to develop him and try and build a team that it could at least push in the playoffs. I mean, the three-point contest is always, I believe, the one skill challenge that does not disappoint. At no. least because, I mean, the dunk contest, it's here and there, but I'm sure next year they'll try and expand it a little more to try and create more of the buzz. Yeah, I'm hoping that next year they get a lot better dunkers. And they made a list the other day of dunkers that we never saw. LeBron James is on that list. And it's like, how? How are you not part of this process? How are you not part of this, of the one thing that you blew everyone away in game time, but you don't want to do it showtime? I I, I never understood that. And I think Kobe, well, no, Kobe Bryant was part of it when he was a rookie. So that, that part wasn't. Um, but I'm wondering what other dunkers we haven't seen in the in this contest, I'm with yeah, yeah, no, I mean because yeah, you obviously had Dominique Wilkins who was famous for his dunks, and I mean even Michael Jordan participated in the dunk contest. So it's not like these guys are like, oh, we're gonna blow out our knees or it's gonna affect our game like the home run derby. There's a reason why not everyone does the home run derby because it mm-hmm. hurts their swing once they go back to playing regular season baseball, but. Definitely, LeBron can't do it now. His knees can't. <laughs> his knees can't replicate it. Um, what he would be able to do. I mean, who knows? Maybe they should invite uh, Levine back because it's like, you know what, guys, this is how it's done. <laughs> because you need to show how to try and do that. But probably not because now he's on a winning basketball team trying to get to uh, the NBA Finals with the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, and it's also interesting to see like how he's changed as well because. Obviously, you'd mentioned that he was part of the the dunk contest, but now he's a three-point shooter. He was also part of the three-point shooting contest years before, or this year. So you could tell that some of these guys are really working on their game, and it's it's really improving their stock and just how versatile they are on the court. Um, I found a list on Bleacher Report of 15 NBA players that should have complete, competed in a slam dunk contest. Magic Johnson... Oscar Robertson, that would have been a fun one. Patrick Ewing, interesting. Wow. I know, right? 
Yeah. Kevin Garnett. I don't know if he would have done a fun dunk though, or an entertaining dunk. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think that would have been KG's style. I mean, I know you would have been able to dunk, but yeah, some of these guys, it's like, could they be creative? I'm surprised Ewing. Was yeah. On that list. <laughs> Just Johnson. Uh. I don't really remember. <laughs> that was before, way before my time. Billy Cunningham. I don't remember him either. <laughs> uh, James White. Huh. Nope. Don't know him either. Chris Webber. That's kind of a surprise, but uh, he was more of a shooter. Like he could dunk, but again, I don't think it was very much of like a, a flashy dunker, especially in that era of the NBA with Vince Carter, with Kobe Bryant, with MJ. I mean, MJ was kind of more in the end of his, um, of his tenure anyways, but yeah, but also wasn't a Weber. He was part of that Kings team in the early two thousands where yeah. weren't the big men, uh, Vladi Divac and, uh, Turkaloo was. Yeah. It? I don't know. If they had Turkaloo. I was maybe thinking of it. Maybe I was thinking of a different team. <laughs> no, but you are like that Sacramento Kings team. They were, they were good. Dwayne Wade is one that's never been in the dunk contest. That's a surprising man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't see Wayne Wade as the kind of guy who dunks the ball. But really? Granted, I mean, I didn't grow up more watching <sighs> Dwayne Wade, but I mean, I'm, I was thinking more like he, again. He, I just don't think Dwayne Wade would be much of a dunker. <laughs> okay. Connie Hawkins. I, again, I have no idea who this is. Daryl Dawkins. I'm pretty sure he's the father of Andre Dawkins, who used to play for uh, Duke back in the day. Mm. But nope, don't know that one. Kevin Johnson. Some of these names, I, like, way over my head. Allen Iverson, but he's not much of a dunker. Yeah, because he, because he, he, isn't he one of the more? He's like one of the shorter players in the game. He's taller than like Isaiah Thomas, the yeah. current Isaiah Thomas. But I think he isn't he. I think he's even shorter than Dwayne Wade. I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's much shorter than Dwayne Wade. Um, yeah, and he had he was more of a skills player. Uh, with the handles, and he could shoot. I, it was later on again, he learned how to shoot the three because he was more of a dribble-drive kind of guy. But, yeah, I, I I think there's a few times I've seen him dunk on YouTube, but he never really – he laid it up more or did the finger roll. Well, yeah, I mean, his, his famous moment is uh, stepping over Tyron Lue uh, during the finals, of course, because that's his most iconic shot. <laughs> or crossing over Jordan – in a, in a game and laying it up with his left hand. But I, th- I believe that was his first year in the league. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, mm. wow. That, mm. yeah. So you can literally make a good contest with LeBron James, who's number one on this list, by the way, Dwayne Wade, and... I would put in who's the other one? Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Those are the three guys that I would love to see on this on this uh, competition. No, yeah, for me, I mean, yeah, LeBron would have been at least even for one year. We, I think, that everyone would have agreed to at least would have liked to see LeBron try the dunk contest. I mean, Patrick Ewing, considering how he was the big man of the '90s, part of that great all-time team where, I mean, the dream team like that. That's Patrick Ewing. He was, yeah. I mean, the, one of the biggest stars of the 90s. That's why people called the 90s one of the greatest, probably the greatest era of basketball. And then Akeem Olajuwon, yeah, that was kind of surprising too. But, 
It, those were some of the guys. I mean, when I heard Alan Iverson, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, are, I was like, are we just listing names here now? <laughs> Am I reading the right list? Did you find the right list, Eric? <laughs> that sounds about like something I would do. Find a list of NBA players. <laughs> Actually, speaking of NBA players, though, there is something that I do have a gripe about. About the... Um, the 75 team, 75th anniversary team. I believe they're the diamond edition this year, which yeah. again, there are some names on there on this list that they added for the 25th or the 75th anniversary team. Like uh, Ray Allen, obviously you have to put him in Kobe Bryant, um, Giannis, Steph Curry, Tim Duncan, uh, Durant, Garnett. Some of these players though, I don't think deserve to be on this list yet. And I'll give you a couple of names right now. Anthony Davis, I don't think deserves to be on this list yet. I don't think Carmelo deserves to be on this list yet. I don't think that James Harden deserves to be on this list yet. I do think Manu Ginobili should be on this list, or Tony Parker should be on this list. And how is Clay Thompson not on that list? Yeah, those are some of the names I remember when this list came out because it came out at like the start of the season. Yeah. And of course, you had uh, the big ceremony at halftime during the All Star game, and you got to see them honor all the great players. I mean, I, I see where you're going with Davis because, again, seeing how you're looking at Davis's career now, where people are saying he's not the right fit with the Lakers. And then James Harden, I mean, yeah, that I mean, he won an MVP, and then just the way he's translated with the three, I mean, you got you got to think. Obviously, it's like you see some of these players on the list. Seventy five, yes, it's a big deal to make this <laughs> list. It's like when the NFL came out with their one hundred list just two years ago, and then you had guys like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady on the list. Even Rob Gronkowski got to make that list, and well, he has one of the best tight ends we've ever seen. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 also about timing and what you did for the position and the skill, because that's why you look at some of the players that are playing right now, because you look at Steph Curry, the guy is the greatest three point shooter of all time. He passed Ray Allen this year for the record uh, for most threes made, and that deserves some recognition. And then you look at Giannis. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a one-man wrecking crew and just complete controller of the game that we haven't seen since Kareem. So that's really why I feel they listed him there. And then Carmelo Anthony, yeah, some people are like, well, it's like, how did Carmelo make it? Because, you know, if you take him by the last seven years of his career, then he doesn't really deserve it because all he did was he, he was stuck on the Knicks. He got traded to Oklahoma City. Ended up with the Hawks for like a few days where it's like, okay, yep, bye. (laughs) And then where else did he go? He was on the Lakers at one point. He still is on the Lakers right now. Yeah, so he's there now. And I believe I covered all of them because you said Harden, Davis, and also uh, Mello. Then then you said why Clay Thompson wasn't on the list. And that's the thing, I guess. I mean, if he was more of a dominating player because – I mean, that. I mean, when I mean dominating player, just comparing, I guess, the fact that he was sharing the court with Curry, but then also how they would actually categorize him and his contribution, I guess, 
as a three-point shooter. But I'm sure Tom's those guys you just mentioned, they'll definitely make the 100 team in 25 years they because better. if they don't, if they don't, I'm sure there's going to be a riot of NBA <laughs> fans because it's like really you were not adding these guys as part of the list, but yet you add guys like Anthony. Like if if can you imagine if like a uh, Thompson doesn't make it, or even uh, Dame, Dame Lillard was on the list, right? That's been a Dame, while. Dame Lillard is actually on this list, and I'm actually kind of upset about that as well. Okay. Because Kyrie Irving is not on this list. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Kyrie didn't make it. But you're gonna put you're gonna put Dame Lillard, who hasn't won a championship. Dame Lillard at least has. And again, I I always go by championships. So for me. Like a lot of these players have won, besides Tracy Grady, but he's, he's still a great player. Um, the guys that are on this list that aren't on it, according to the slate.com, they basically said uh, these snubs are Dwight Howard, which I'm okay with. Dwight Howard's just, it, he's had an interesting career, not a great career, just an interesting career. Uh, McGrady, again, another interesting career. Manu Ginobili's at least won three titles already. So how are you going to keep a guy that's won three and Irving, who's won at least two off this list, Paul Gasol, who's also on this list, uh, Paul George, eh, you know, he's kind of fallen off all of a sudden. I think he will get there. Just the leg injury really defer, like, deterred him. Um, but the way that he's coming back, it's, it's still pretty good. But I like the argument that you made with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry who is more valuable on that team. A lot of people thought it was because of Clay Thompson most of the time. And then Curry would catch on fire because think about it, three-point shooters, they go hot and then they go really cold. So you live by the three, you die by the three. And Clay Thompson has been able to go in to the the two-point land and, you know, kind of make some layups, get some dunks. He's a good defensive player. I would take him defensively over Steph Curry, but I get the argument that Curry has utilized the three-point shot more than any player in the history of the NBA. He's now revolutionized the three-point shot. But if you think about it, another thing, another argument I like to make, Steph Curry was not Steph Curry until 2014-2015 season. He got drafted in 09-2010, and I remember this because I was living in Connecticut. I was remember, I remember watching Kansas versus Davidson in the Elite Eight game. And I remember watching like that run that Steph Curry had was just unbelievable. And he that like he was triple teamed and they couldn't still stop him. He was still getting the ball to his other teammates and they were scoring with these easy layups. But Kansas finally figured it out because they were a number one seed team for a reason. And Curry struggled. Early, he had ankle injuries, he had wrist injuries, he had leg injuries. He was not Steph Curry until 2013 2014 season when they made it with, I believe, Mark Jackson as the head coach into the playoffs before the Spurs ended up losing to the Miami Heat that seventh game uh, series for the NBA Finals, which is still an amazing NBA Finals series. But and then it was two years, and then the next year they didn't make it to the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. And then his MVP season, that's when he started taking off. We've really only seen Steph Curry consistently be Steph Curry for about, I'd say, seven or eight years. But this is not this has not been his entire career. You know, there have been moments in the beginning 
we thought it, a lot of people thought it was a bust. Like, oh, well, Steph Curry can't do this. Steph Curry can't do that. Steph Curry can't stay healthy. And now we're seeing what Steph Curry was a little bit more like he showed us what he could be in Davidson. But early on, he was not a great player. Yeah. And well, and you also got to look at the order of some of these players like that. ESPN has him ranked in numerical. And they, they have uh, Steph Curry uh, ranked ahead of Dirk Nowitzki. And then you have him ranked behind uh, guys like Moses Malone and Dr. J. And then even Akeem is at n- number 13. And then you look at uh, who's in the top 10. I mean, they put Kobe at number 10 behind guys like Oscar Robertson and uh, Tim Duncan. They put Larry Bird at number seven. And then, I mean, obviously you got a lot of great Celtics players. Oh, yeah. the championships. You got Wilt Chamberlain at number five. And, I mean, they put LeBron, obviously, behind Michael Jordan because, again, this whole GOAT conversation, so. And I don't think LeBron James is ever going to win another championship again. So that finals argument should be done, put to done the rest. Because I don't even think the Lakers are going to make to the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a – it's starting to look like a rough stretch. And then people are really uh, looking at the drama behind what's really going on. Because, I mean, there was an article, I believe, by Bleacher Report <laughs> that was talking about how the Lakers are giving a little more freedom with LeBron than they ever did with Kobe as far as, you know, signing players, what is going on with the organization. But then also – you got to remember that Kobe had to deal with the bus family and that whole transition where, I mean, that, that was like a whole mess going on there. I mean, after uh, the bus father passed away and then his yeah. kids were, were mainly in control of what was going on. And then Jeannie finally uh, had to kick the brother out. And that was uh, finally where the Lakers really started to change. There's going to be a lot of different things going on with the future of uh, the Lakers. And then everyone's, going to be talking about for LeBron. Where's he going when you're drafting Bronny Jr.? Because it's like, he's going to play with anyone, even if he has to go suffer playing for the Pistons for a year. I mean, or the Pelicans. Would... <laughs> the Pelicans. Can you imagine that? I mean, and, and imagine how far they would go. I mean, especially, I mean, for the Pelicans, that's Anthony Davis's former team. I mean, that you would do Come home, son. Do it, your teammate dirty like that? I mean, obviously, LeBron's got to be LeBron, but hey. But also, and I was just listening to uh, Colin Coward today um, on the show, and he was like, listen, New Orleans isn't a basketball team. It's not a basketball environment. Think of the two players that left New Orleans already. Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, all these stars do not want to be there. And now Zion Davis is part of that conversation. He does not want to be there. You know what? I don't blame him. Well, it's a small market. You'd think it's, it's it's kind of surprising considering a lot of people. I mean, the fact that in New Orleans, the Super Bowl's there almost yeah. every other year because they, they because of hotels. You're very sleep. bitter about that, aren't you? What? What? The fact that they get the Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, I I'm I'm gonna say it now because <laughs> I know it's gonna be in Los Angeles for like the next several years, and like because the, yeah yeah the fact that the and. NFL wants to move to Los Angeles for the Super Bowl and ticket prices are going to be so far high that, yeah. you know, I may have to sell one of my kidneys in a car just to get into the stadium. And also one of your future children and another second round trip child. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's getting way out of hand. But anyway, I mean, it, it's going to get to the point where like if 
some of these teams don't really pick up the slack. It's going to be, uh, you know how we have the draft lottery. There's going to be like a giant wheel for it's like, who's going to move to Seattle? Like, because it's going to be uh, either Sacramento, New Orleans, or even like say Charlotte ends up failing again because, you know, they end up trading LaMelo ball because you know, that something happens, but getting away ahead of myself. I mean, the, the Lakers you just always seem like you're upset when we're talking about New Orleans in the Super Bowl or hosting the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I enjoyed Super Bowl 47 because the commercials were great. I was happy for the Ravens and then, the lights went out. Oh my goodness. That if, if I'm if I'm mad about if I'm mad at New Orleans for anything, that was it because I had to wait a half hour for the like the game to get back going again. <laughs> but anyways, to your point. Sorry, no, I keep interrupting you. No, but yeah, it's gonna be uh the Lakers problem just dealing with LeBron and how the season plays out. And yet he got the championship. I mean, he's like, Yep, I'm just here. But is one enough? Like I when MLB players and there's been what, like four or five MLB players, big stars that have signed those 10, 13, 14 year contracts, is one championship enough? Like with A-Rod, when he signed that 10 year deal, okay, he got the 2009 World Series for the Yankees. But, like, that was it. Like, that's all you're going to give us? As a fan, yes, they made it to the postseason most of the time. I mean, they're still one of the most winningest franchises of all time. But one championship? Derek Jeter got us five. What? You got us one? That's it? Uh, To me, one, like, I would want another and another. Like, Tom Brady's mentality, maybe I grew up a little spoiled as the Yankees fan. I'm sorry, but I'm not. But... Like, one? That's it? And again, I always said, and I listened to a lot of other people, LeBron going to L.A. is a business decision. It is not, I want to be a Laker. And I, another thing that really irked me this past weekend is they were doing the team pictures for the, uh, the NBA 75th team anniversary. They had the great, like, Bucks. They had the great 76ers. They had the great Celtics, which I don't think Ray Allen was part of that. That's another, one other story. But... They, they included LeBron James in a great Laker picture. Wow. I'm going to compose yeah. myself for a second, but that's frustrating. You are not a real Laker. You are not here. You came here. You're not a great Laker. I'm sorry. You are not like Shaquille O'Neal. You are not like uh, Kobe Bryant. Rick Fox is a much better Laker than you are, and he'll never be on that 75th anniversary team. Robert Ori, where the heck is his name? He's won six championships. He's as closest to Michael Jordan as anyone else is. Yeah, I mean, even uh, it, it could even get to the point where it's like Wilt Chamberlain was even on the Lakers almost longer than LeBron was. <laughs> exactly. As, uh, and has had more success. LeBron on his, I think, five years of being in the Lakers will not, and counting this year right now, if the NBA playoffs were to begin, he wouldn't be in the playoffs. They'd be out. So in the five years that you've been, only three of those you were good for. And out of those three, you only won one championship and you're a great Laker. No, no. Yeah. I get a little heated. I trust. I love the Lakers. I will always love the Lakers. They irritate me right now, but I'm always a Lakers fan. I love Greg Popovich. I love the Spurs as well, but man, the Lakers just really need a clean house. LeBron is, he's good. But this stage of LeBron, I don't want him. I want 2013-2014 LeBron James. I want him, instead of going back to Cleveland to win a championship, 
Come to LA, win one with Kobe, and then you can be part of this great Laker. But you're you're not. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's always going to be part of it. I mean, the small contributions, winning a championship, about how you list guys who get labeled as champions. And LeBron, well, LeBron will always be known as a Cavalier. I mean, even though, I mean, well, yeah, the Heat because he won the championship. The first one, yeah. But the fact, but the, I mean, there was also conversation about the fact that LeBron would get more respect once he's retired because, you know, he's, he's one of the more disliked athletes in the NBA. It's like you love him or you hate him because it's like people mostly hate him because of his ego, because they think he's like, oh, well, it's all about himself and what he does. And then, which isn't true because he is a great passer and a great teammate. I have heard really good things about him and, always wanting everyone to elevate up to his level, kind of like Michael Jordan, who I just finished the last dance last night. Great series, by the way. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, but the fact that he went back to Cleveland to win a championship, that was his best moment because yes. he delivered on his promise. I mean, that was when you, you saw, saw at least some of the respect return to LeBron James. Yeah, and, and like the fact that he said, Cleveland, this is for you. Like, and the fact... The team that they beat, I will always give them praise for that. You won your third championship, beating the greatest team of all time in the Golden State Warriors, who had won 73 and went 73 and 10 or whatever that season. Uh, Man, it it was a great year for them, but it was an even better playoff run for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I felt like that LeBron, or even a 2013-2014 LeBron, or no, take that back, 2012-2013 LeBron, those are the two best LeBrons we have ever seen because that's when he started doing the whole, like I'm pounding you in the ground. I'm going to beat my chest. You can't beat me. That's the, that's the arrogance and the cockiness that I actually enjoyed about it because you're right. You are the greatest basketball player in the regular season right now. And on earth, you are the best right now. Like there is hands down, no one compared to you, but now we have Kevin Durant. We have an up and coming guy named Giannis. That's, trying to take over his, his throne. So we have Steph Curry, who's the uh, the rogue warrior, if you think about it. Like, I can do this on my own, although he can't because he proved it last year. But he's still, with a team and a system, it's, it's working out for him. But, um, yeah, LeBron will – LeBron is a great player. There is no denying that. Um, is he the GOAT? It depends on who you're talking about. Is he the GOAT of this generation? Yes. Is Michael the GOAT of his generation? Yes. Is Kobe the GOAT of his generation? Yes. But that's it. Why can't we have these generational GOATs and just leave it at that? Why does it have to be? You are the greatest of all time ever. Well, someone else is going to surpass you. That, that's how life is sometimes. There's always someone that's going to be better than you. There's always going to be someone better at doing this, better at doing that, better whatever it is that you're doing. That, that, that's just life. Yeah, it's competition, and I mean, at least there's debate about this because it's like you can choose anyone. And unlike yeah. the NFL, unlike the unlike the NFL, which everyone's gonna be Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Well, Joe Montana did it without a headset in his ear. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, but uh, good old Tom Brady. <laughs> Speaking of the NFL, I don't know if you heard Noah. This is a good segue to go to the NFL. Tom Brady retired a couple weeks ago. Didn't we know this already? Um, as long as he said it, because apparently we can't trust Adam Schefter or any other reporter. Because Which is not the first time. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, that was a little too mean. I should, probably should not have said that. However, so Tom Brady could be unretiring, by the way. And I was listening to a podcast, the Volume podcast on Colin Coward. I, there's a lot of people that I listen to. I, I know I mentioned his name a lot, but it is very spot on most of the time when he's talking about things. And on his Volume podcast, he had Ian O'Connor, former writer for ESPN, now writer for NFL Network, and also former teammate said this, by the way. Uh, Antonio Brown said, I would not be surprised if Tom Brady unretires in the future. Ian O'Connor on the Volume podcast said he's coming back and he's, he may take a year off like this year, but I guarantee he will be back and he'll either play for the Las Vegas Raiders with Josh McDaniels or the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. <laughs> Talking about like, what? Can you say that again? Why are you saying this? Yeah, I mean, it's the fact that you look at the two markets there. The Raiders are, right this time, not willing to commit to Derek Carr. Carr has been there for around seven or eight years now. I remember when he was drafted in 2014. Has it really been that long? Yeah, he's yeah he, he's been in the league for quite a while. He was drafted the same year, I believe, as Johnny Manziel. And, wow. Yeah, to put that into perspective. And I'm... Um, the fact that he's been injured a lot and also his inability to learn at times, because there's a few plays that you could point out Derek Carr. It's when he runs to the goal line and tries to stretch it. He fumbled the ball, went out of the end zone and it went for a touchback. He did it twice. He, he did it once, I believe around like 2018. And then it happened again, like a year later. And yet it cost the team the touchdown and a game both of those times. And yet they're saying it's like, when is this guy going to learn from his mistakes? And that was one of the big problems here. He finally gets to the playoffs with Rich Basaccia. Again, all credit to that Raiders team. They made oh, yeah. the playoffs with all the really bad stuff that was going on with their players and their coach, with yeah. John Gruden. It was a whole mess. No one would have predicted they would have gotten that far. And they played their hearts out. And looking at why Brady would want to go there. You mentioned Josh McDaniels. You like working with familiar people. I'd be interested to see if Gronk would want to join him there as well. Hey, Gronk, you want to come to Vegas? I mean, he'd fit right in that party life. Vegas? In Vegas. <laughs> He's probably like, dude, I'm already here. Like something like that. I've been in the hotel lobby for like hours. Why didn't you call me earlier? Yeah, something like that. And then... You look at uh, San Francisco. I mean, there's that whole story where, you know, he was on the HBO show and he's like, you chose that expletive over me. Like everyone was thinking, yeah, they're talking about Jimmy G, man. Also, because, again, well, Brady's from Northern California. He, oh, it's like he grew up a 49ers fan. Yeah, I grew up a 49ers fan. And like it'd be like playing for his hometown team and like his family being there. I mean, I, I've, I'm working my way through Man in the Arena. I'm down to the last episode now. Finally, man. Okay, I'm, it's a work in progress. But I saw the one where, again, it was 2016, and it, it, they had his sisters on uh, the show. I mean, and his relationship there and, like, what it meant for him and his family during that year. So uh, I, that would be a possibility. But at the same time for Brady, it's like, why come back? I mean, at this point, this feels like Rocky six for those who do not know what Rocky six is. It's just called Rocky Balboa. But from what I know, it's an older Rocky who's like in his fifties, but yet he still wants to try and fight, even though it's like 
he has no chance of winning and yet people are concerned about his health, but it's like, he's got that fighting spirit inside of him. Brady has always had that fighting spirit and I'm sure that's why he would even consider coming out of retirement. And then there's the whole drama of Bruce Arians. It's like, really? Like you're, you're really trying to stir this up. I mean, again, the guy's 45. He can't play football for forever. I mean, he even knows that. But looking at this, it's just the whole fighting spirit about what he wants to do. But it's tough to see what Brady's going to be doing in the next year or so. And it is very tough to try to figure out Tom Brady. Um, And obviously, I believe he was there at the game, the NFC Championship game against the Cowboys that's in uh, the man in the arena. I'm pretty sure it was that one of those episodes that he was like, I was there and I love Joe Montana. I love San Francisco. I love the Bay and that's my home. And it would make sense. And again, the familiarity of Josh McDaniels, if they don't keep Derek Carr or what what their plans are to do for that, who who knows about that? Um, But wouldn't it be so interesting to see Tom Brady just try to do it again? Because think about it. He's only had one major injury in his whole career. He missed the entire season with an ACL or MCL, whatever it was on his knee, right knee, left knee, whatever. And he's been fine ever since. He's never been injured. He said in 2017 with this uh, O'Connor guy in a 45-minute interview, hey, listen, I want to do this till I'm like 50 if I can. Why not? It's Brady. Well, I mean, what? it's not going to hurt his legacy. His legacy is already set in stone. If he wins another one, he's just adding on. And if, he's do- if he does want another one, he's got three more than Michael Jordan does. Maybe Michael Jordan will come back like, all right, that's it. You and me. (laughs) Ring versus rings. Let's do this. Grandpa versus grandpa. (laughs) Yeah, the two old guys fighting. Unbelievable. But then with the 49ers, it's quite interesting because depending on the development level of Trey Lance, because Mm -hmm. he wasn't quite ready with last year. I mean, he got his moments as to, you know, trying to help the 49ers move forward. I mean, he helped out in that game against the Texans, but it was Jimmy G that really solidified the deal with getting them to the postseason. But now there's real grumblings going on in the potential free agency. They're saying that Garoppolo's most likely out. It's possibly starting to look that way. And if that's the option where Brady comes in for a season, you know, Trey Lance is going to learn so much. If he gets to play alongside Tom Brady, I'm sure Lance has got to make sure he's at least there for every single day. And if he does that, then that's the way you earn Brady's respect because, I mean, to show that you're a true competitor because that's how everyone has been when you work with Tom Brady. And can you imagine the jersey sales if he goes to San Francisco? His (laughs) jersey would automatically rank at the top number one spot on NFLshop.com. I mean, they probably have like a waiting list of like 500 people buying Tom Brady's jersey because that's how people would feel. And then if there's any scene of like, you know, like a meme or anything that I would have to compare <laughs> that to, uh, if, if you've seen it from The Office, when Michael realizes Toby is back, he's like, no! <laughs> like everyone would react that way. To. If Brady somehow came back out of retirement, like, no, I should put that on a podcast later. Yeah. 
just his no part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> no, uh, I would get, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually interested in getting a New England Patriots jersey just for Brady, just to have, you know, like, I, speaking of jerseys, this is, this is actually kind of a funny story. So a kid of mine at the my job that I work at, you know, I work with Boys and Girls Club uh, here in my area, and I made a playoff bet with one of my kids. And he's huge Cowboys fan. Huge Cowboys fan. Like, this kid would not stop, like, oh, the Cowboys are going to do it. The Cowboys are going to do it. Hey, Mr. the Cowboys are going to do it. I'm like, all right, we'll see. We'll see your disappointment in January, like always. But, you know, that's, that's me. Well, they're better than the Jets. Yep, you're not wrong about that. I mean, a lot of teams are right now, but I at least I don't have high expectations. My team doesn't crumble in those expectations. He's like, well, you know what? We're going to have a bet, Mr. Eric. I'm like, all right, let's bet every week during the playoffs. You pick the winners, I pick the winners, and we'll see who wins. Crushed him in that part. Like, it wasn't even fair. I think he, I was up by, like, four wins on him. I'm like, all right, let's do this. If you win, if you pick the winning Super Bowl team, I'll get you like a $5 gift card or something, or I'll get you something. And I didn't really know what I was going to do for the loss. I had no idea. I was like, if you, if I win though, I get to pick the stipulations, pick whatever happens. Okay. So we shook on it. He picks the Bengals. I picked the Rams. The rest is history. We already know who wins the Super Bowl. So about a couple of days later, some of the kids and I were talking and the funniest thing, one of the kid, one of the girls is like, hey, Mr. did you ever figure out what you're going to do for him for, for losing? You should make him wear one of your jerseys. And I'm like, oh, kid, you're a godsend. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I, I pulled him over. I'm like, hey, I figured out what I'm going to do now. Because you lost our Super Bowl bet, you're going to wear a New York. And he's like, please let it be a Giants jersey. Please let it be a Giants jersey. I'm like, wait. You're a Cowboys fan. You're saying you would want to wear a Giants jersey? Well, well, yeah, why not? It's not that bad. No, you're going to wear a New York Jets jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, he was like, really? You can do that to me, Mr. Eric. Yes. For all the crap you gave me this season, you deserve it. And now I'm going to try, I'm going to see if I can try to show you his wondrous face. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Darrell Revis, right? Yes, Darrell Revis. So, a, an all time New York Jet great. And finally, he wore it yesterday because I remembered it. <laughs> Showed his mom, sent the mom the pictures already. Oh, yeah. Beautiful times. Oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of jersey sales. Um, but yeah, I, just, I had to say that one. But, you know, I think it's really interesting. Brady doesn't really need to do anything. And we've seen other players do this before. Like Paul Pierce didn't need to leave the Celtics, but he wanted to because he had that drive. Um, I believe, I mean, LeBron has always had that drive with other teams he's gone to. Peyton Manning, it worked out for him when he left the Colts to go to uh, Denver, another horse team. You know, it's some of these teams aren't, some of these players, they just have a drive that we don't understand. And they just want to keep competing and keep winning. And it just kind of works out that they just want to keep doing what they love. And it's so hard to walk away from. Um, Michael Jordan couldn't really walk away because he went to the Wizards, had a terrible year or a couple of years with the Wizards, still like had a good time. I think you would say that right now. 
But after that 98 season with the Bulls, how much better can you get? You were the best team in the NBA. You were the champions. You walked out, had held high at your peak. Uh, Tom Brady has a chance to do that as well, walking away when he still knows, I, I have a little more left in that tank. I can still do it, but why not just walk away? Why not just spend that time with your family? Who knows if he's actually going to come back or not? Uh, it's still yet to be determined. I don't think he needs to. He's done everything he needs to. Yeah, I mean, he's got so much to do with his family, and I'm sure that was a big deciding factor for yeah. why he wanted to at least uh, possibly retire. And he wanted to go out on his own terms. He didn't want somebody else trying to leak it to the media. He didn't want the media controlling the narrative. I mean, that was the one thing that I noticed across man in the arena. He he did not let it bother him, even when, you know, they lost games or when deflate gate got to him or any, anything else that seemed to have bothered the New England Patriots. I mean, the guy went on to play in 10 Super Bowls. He can't, no one can take that away from him. And the NFL would certainly love it if he came back. I mean, oh, yeah. out of retirement, especially who knows? I mean, but this year we got Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. I mean, next year, I mean, it's like we could get, you know, uh, a new QB matchup like Josh Allen versus, uh, wasn't going to say Dak Prescott, but now I'm, I'm just thinking somebody else. I would love to see Daniel Jones, but that's definitely stretching it too much. Uh, that's if they're even still sticking with him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for my Giants, but then uh, who Justin else? Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields could be another guy. I mean, if the Bears somehow make it with Matt Eberfluss, I mean, that'd be crazy. That would be. Uh, known to many as a biblical storyteller, I know him as my father, and he just makes the Bible come to life in a relatable, comedic way. Listen to the epic narrative. Season two, first season was about David, and second is about the beginning of Genesis. So, thought, so you don't want to miss out on that. The epic narrative, season two, is still going strong. And also, you are listening to the Midday Madness Sports Podcast, but you can also email us at Sports at gmail.com. This time I did it well, Noah. I actually said this email address instead of my personal one. <laughs> Good thing we're not giving away phone numbers. <laughs> uh, seven, no. <laughs> Just give them the rejection hotline. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if no, that's still, need- is that still a thing anymore? I, I don't know, but I mean, we need I used to, to give it out a lot. We need to do um, uh, something like a sports fan hotline where it's like if your team sucks because it's like, hey, we're New, we're, we're New York football fans. We know what it's like to be down in the dumps. Come talk to us. I mean, we and then we can make jokes. It's like, oh, yeah, Cowboys fans. They're, they're sort of a regular here once they come here in January. So. <laughs> Is your team a crappy team? <laughs> do you suffer from anxiety watching your football team fail every week, week in and week out? Well, come on down and join us. Yep. Something like <laughs> we know what you're going through. <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> yeah. Every day I'm losing, I'm losing. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of another quarterback, Aaron Rodgers sent out a uh, cryptic IG post, Instagram post for some of you that don't know what IG means. Um, and actually, this kind of brings us to our question of the day, by the way. He said he was on a 12-day, and I'm trying to figure out how to actually say this word, Panchakarma uh, cleanse, 12-day Panchakarma cleanse. So, Noah, what is 
Panchakarma. That is our question of the day. Honestly, I'm okay if I get this one wrong, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I even had to look this one up myself yesterday. It was like because everyone was talking about it. It's like something with the cleansing of his body of like toxins or something, because that's what I've always heard. It's like a, a pretty much his entire body. I mean, even I think even everything that comes goes in and goes out of it. So that's pretty much what I got to say. Basically. Yeah. Uh, it's a Hindu style of medicine. It is a cleansing of body of all the unwanted waste after lubricating it. There are five in number, hence the term pancha, which is, which means five and karma is procedures. So it's the treatment is unique in the sense that it includes preventive curative and promotive actions for various diseases. So it's not, like the TV 12 that Tom Brady does, but it's cleansing. And it's uh, basically the diet is recommended as well as essential restrictions on cold drinks, cold food, caffeine, white sugar, uh, recreational drugs or alcohol and dairy products, because obviously Hinduism and dairy don't really mix well together. Anyways, kitchen. Um, Neither does a uh, Wisconsin diet, considering how the cheese heads and everything that goes with uh, their uh, delicacies up there. True. So maybe that's why he wants to get out of Wisconsin. He wants everything out, including the cheese. <laughs> Jesus, it isn't out of my pores. Oh, man. I don't sweat. I just sweat cheese. Oh, man. <laughs> what all cheese curds are made? I sweat. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah. <laughs> However, so that is our question of the day: What is French karma? And again, that's going to be eventually a sponsored segment. But uh, so yeah, he mentioned on his Pat on the Pat McAfee show, good a show that he's normally on. And by the way, this is the show that started all of this. Uh, does Aaron Rodgers want out of Green Bay? Does he not after the uh, draft, Jordan Love? And basically, he stated, "I'm not making a decision yet." Mm. Yes. However, I am getting my body or I'm getting my head above center now and seeing what's going on out there. But no decision on my future has been decided today. It feels like, and even the way that the, uh, the Packers are moving forward, it feels like they're getting ready for him to leave. It feels like he's getting ready to leave. And it feels like it's just time. Like, Aaron Rod- like, what more does Aaron Rodgers need to do? You've won, what, three, four? You've won at least back-to-back MVP awards with them. Yeah, so four MVPs with all of with Green Bay. You won one Super Bowl, which apparently is enough or is not enough. I don't know, depending on who you talk about. I, you know, like, just go. But who are you going to go to? That's the real question. To look at what's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now, it – a lot is changing for him. I mean, the fact that you're seeing this is the most like out there year I have seen Aaron Rodgers ever act. I mean, I haven't, I don't follow Aaron Rodgers a lot, but just seeing a lot of the stories with COVID and everything and just all the stories in this COVID toe or whatever, like this really. Wait, what is a COVID toe? I believe it was saying that, you know, his toe started to hurt after he had tested positive for coronavirus. But then 
there was a whole story where, you know, he was in a press conference. He took off his sock and was showing his foot. Like it became like a picture of like social media for everything. And I see it now. Yeah. The fact that Aaron Rodgers was talking about that. And then he's going through a lot of things. Obviously uh, he called off his engagement with uh, Shailene Woodley as uh, they were going to get married soon. So it, there's a lot of personal things going on with Aaron Rodgers' life that I'm sure he wants to figure out. You have the free agency uh, period coming up soon yep. as it starts like around March 10th. So pretty much everyone's going to be trying to stay on Twitter, follow Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport. If Rappaport <laughs> Not so much Schefter, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Florio or even Sims or whoever's going to tweet it out first. Um, but for Aaron Rodgers, this, this kind of almost feels like a goodbye because it's like if you weren't leaving, then you, why – bother sending it at all i mean you you want to do things in a certain way and clearly i mean it's it sort of feels like a good vibe but who knows but uh, he wants it to be on his own terms and everyone was tuning into the pat mcafee show uh, apparently they had over one hundred thirty thousand viewers just to on see YouTube. it's crazy yeah just to see if aaron Rodgers was leaving and that Ended up being disappointed. They have to wait another week or two. And oh. Rogers is just going to make his own decision. And He's going to milk it. <laughs> you just know he is. Like, there's no way he's going to make a decision right before free. It may be like a week after free agency, which also starts in three weeks, according to the uh, New York Jets feed, by the way, because a, f- a friend of mine or alumni member at SHIP is part of the social media team for the New York Jets. Cool. Uh, three weeks till free agency begins. So friendly reminder, re and then sign means to sign another contract with a team. Resign to virtually leave a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Let's have fun. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so you got to love these social media guys. Yeah, your Jets social media has been having a lot of fun recently. <laughs> yeah, and I know the guy that runs it too, so it's really funny. Like, I could see... Everything that you post, and I'm like, that's awesome. I love that you work there. I'm hoping he gets me tickets one day. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I think Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers really doesn't need to be in Green Bay anymore. There's nothing for you. Unless you really want to keep cheese curds and all your 10 different flavors of Wisconsin cheese cut in different ways, there's nothing for you. You're not going to win a championship. And you've already decided. This has been a process. Like, a relationship is normally, you know, when a relationship is going to come to an end. It's not where the girl says, Hey, like I- I'm done with you. This has been a long drawn out process that starts with, even if it doesn't seem like it's intentional, this is how it happens. And then it starts to build little jabs here and there, things that you start to notice and you start to notice on negative things over and over and over again. And finally, you know what? Fuck it. Done. <laughs> I-, I got nothing for you anymore. And that's when they finally say, I'm leaving. I'm out. This has been going on since right before COVID during the, that draft when they picked up Jordan Love. And probably before that, I think that was the spark that everyone started noticing. But I would say it started before this. I don't know where, but there has to be something where, where Aaron Rodgers has kind of saw, we're not getting the job done. We're not really there as a team. We're not full. You're not investing the right pieces to help us win a championship. You're investing in your future, thinking that I'm going to leave already, but I'm not. So you kind of forced my hand into this because 
you got Jordan Love. You didn't get a receiver in a great receiving draft class. You didn't get the help that we needed on the defensive side in another defensive draft class. Like, what more does Aaron Rodgers need to give you? He's already given you two MVP back-to-back seasons. Yes, he's lost in the championship game and the divisional round. But that's on them. He can only do so much. And if he doesn't have the right pieces as a team, it's not his fault. Yeah, you mentioned when it could have possibly started. I think it might have started when they decided to move on from Jordy Nelson. He took that personally. He probably did, yeah. Or Cobb. Yeah, I was thinking him or Cobb. I mean, but the Cobb one came later. Mm -hmm. And I I believe, I mean, he went to the Texans at one point after the whole DeAndre Hopkins situation. But Nelson was like a good friend of his. I mean, just kind of like how, you know, Brady likes working with Gronk. Rodgers loved working with Jordy Nelson because Nelson was his reliable wide receiver, a tough player, too. The guy played through broken ribs, for goodness sake. I mean, he, he played in that, I believe, NFC wildcard game or even the divisional round against the Cowboys in 2016. Yeah. And, you know, this guy has is, – one of his ribs has – it's broken. Like, oh. And yet, I mean, it, it started the whole conversation where it's like, yeah, football players, you play through a broken hand while, you know, NBA guys, we're out a few days because we have the sniffles or something. So <laughs> it, some people started that whole, like – conversation but for Aaron Rodgers you, you gotta think he's been fed up with his organization and it, it started last year he wanted to try and run it back because they listened to him he finally was like okay finally you're listening to me but now this time that you didn't you, he didn't fulfill the job unfortunately they yeah. fell short had the number one seed lost to the 49ers in back to back years back to back years or well yeah yeah two years out of the three and just not good overall for the Packers. It's will, will they stay with Jordan Love? Probably. I mean, it. He is the main guy there for now, but who knows? And they they really need to work out their cap space. They really do not have a lot to work with. Yeah. And as far as where Rodgers may go, I doubt he's going to go to the Commanders because I mean, not unless something happens where he's completely interested in that culture and what's going on there. They're, they're, they're in a lot of different places right now, Washington. And then the saints, the saints have a a whole lot of problems with their cap situation as well. People are thinking Denver because Nathaniel Hackett working there and getting to, you know, play alongside great players like Jerry Judy and the good system that Denver has set up. They just need their quarterback. Yeah. And, I, I would say Dark Horse is Pittsburgh, honestly. They have weapons. They have a good running game. And he already knows he likes the coach. So I, I could see him going. And it, I think it would be ironic, too, because the team that he won his first Super Bowl with would possibly win another Super Bowl. I don't know how many Steelers fans would be happy about that. Um, but um, I, I really feel like Pittsburgh is a Dark Horse in, in all of this situation. So, it, it again, it could go one way, it could go another. We don't really know, but, and it really stinks too because Aaron Rodgers is the one quarterback that once he makes this decision, everyone else can trickle down afterwards. Like, it, everything really depends on him, which is really kind of like, I have all of this control. I have all this power right now. You're not going to be able to stop me, <laughs> you know? It's crazy to think that, like, one man has all this power. Like Kanye West said, how can one man have all this power? Like, hey, he's living a, he's living a dream right now. Oh, yeah, that's one of his songs, right? Yeah, Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, 
Yeah, that's something. Yeah, I know that song. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Kanye. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, another thing that kind of happened this week, the U.S. women's soccer players finally agree to settle equal pay. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting news story to talk about. And I've never really been much of soccer. I know more of, about the women's soccer team because they're all, they always seem to be playing for gold more than the men's team. I, I don't actually remember. Do you remember when the men's team even played for a bronze medal or even like something third place or better? The, the last time the men's World Cup team did that was the very first year in the 1930s. When the Ow. tournament started, it, again, there's there's a lot to the story of what the la- the lack of success for the men's team. The women's team has been outright. They've been dominant. Yeah, I mean, they've won. They won a 2014. They've won FIFA. They, like it just seems like this team is built to win. They had Hope Solo. They have um, uh, Rapino. Like there's so many great players on this team. How is it that they were never equally paid? Until now, and it finally settled. Uh, it represents an unexpected victory for the players, according to the New York Times. Nearly two years after losing in court, they were able to extract eight-figure settlement, but a commitment from the Federation to enact the, the reforms uh, the judge had rejected already. This uh, lawsuit finally acknowledged the discrimination from the United States soccer, and a crucial con- but a crucial condition uh, it's contingent of the ratification of the new C, uh, contract between U.S. soccer and the players' union from women's teams. So the new thing is now, uh, obviously, it's been a six-year legal fight for the women's team. They were finally able to get the discrimination figured out, finally, hopefully, getting equal pay as men do. But the Federation is seeking a new CBA agreement uh, for both men and women that covers both teams. Uh, the men's team will have to agree to share or surrender millions of dollars in potential World Cup payments or from FIFA. Yeah, so, actually. God. No, yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot about this uh, subject because uh, I'm more of a soccer fan. You um, are, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm wearing this hat because the MLS starts this weekend. Uh, my, my favorite team is the Revolution. So, oh, it's a big, big we, um, yeah, that hey, we, we won the supporters' shield, but to stay on this topic, um, the, I mean, this has been going on for a while. Um, if you also want to get like a crash course about knowing about the situation, if you ever have HBO Max, I would suggest watching this documentary called LFG. Um, oh. it's about the whole situation, talking about the team, uh, about the lawsuit, about what they were fighting for, and the thing was, is that I mean, the, the reason why it took so long was because. The women's team, well, the they, the NWSL whoever, and U.S. Soccer, the agreement, it was agreed upon um, by the women's women's players. They took the deal, so that's why this lawsuit took on so long. Where it's like, well, you can't fight for saying we're not paying you or whatever because these are the terms that you agreed in the contract. But then mm-hmm. the whole big discussion was that uh, the players in charge, like Rapino and the other players that wanted to negotiate they said they were denied the negotiations and then this goes even further because before this was agreed upon where they would finally get equal pay mm-hmm. they did not have the same access to training facilities hotels flights it was a big problem they agreed to the flights hotels and training facilities a while ago and then 
the, a lot of the discrimination was based off of the fact that um, that at one point it was listed that the women's soccer is not the same as the men's soccer, saying that it is the not the same style of play, not the same style of physicality or speed and muscles and everything. So that was really where uh, the U.S. women's team was really upset. And then they did a whole protest where they wore the jerseys inside out or the warm-up shirts. Oh, as, I do remember hearing about that. As, as part of a protest to show that, yeah, we will not tolerate this. And that was where, again, it was part of the story. And then they finally got it done. And now there's going to be a little more uh, fair opportunity for equal pay. Megan mm-hmm. Rapino, I'm sure, is very happy. She This was like her fight. I mean, yeah. She was the main person at the forefront of this conversation. And then at the same time, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the women's team is much better. They've won cups. And again, as a U.S. soccer fan for the men, we didn't even make the last World Cup. We missed no. Russia. And yet here we are fighting for Qatar, which is, again, starting in like November and December. So they, they clearly have uh, the gold that they can be recognized with to show that they finally uh, – ended up winning that fight to get the equal pay. And finally able to just feel like they're accepted. I mean, like we said, they've been more successful than the men have, and yet they're the ones that aren't winning this. They're the ones that aren't getting the pay. They're the ones that aren't, like, the men, even if they don't make it, they're still getting more pay than the women are, and the women are winning gold. They're winning championships. So how is that? I mean, I never understood it. And I always thought, well, yeah, like you're a woman, like why not get paid the same thing as a man? I, I've yeah. never really seen a problem with that. But I think equality should be all across the board, you know? Yeah, you, you look at the conversation, it's just the reminder of, you know, the way capitalism is set up with, I mean, not to get political, but it's just that. It is political, yeah. But the whole conversation just stems from the fact where it's like, well, you got to sell tickets. You got to sell TV deals, sponsorships. I mean, this is still going on with uh, college sports right now because there was yeah. a whole thing with uh, how the women's tournament was not labeled as March Madness, but yet the guys tournament is. And as a result, that affects the marketing of it. I mean, that that could be that's going to be saved for like almost an entire month because, you know, it's probably going to come up again during yep. uh, March Madness once that time rolls around. But then also one more thing to mention with U.S. women's soccer was that um, it, the reason it also took so long was because during that time, the women actually made more money than the men for the total games. But the thing is, is that pretty much for um, every, for, for example, like one game that the men played, say like they each player earned like $4 million, but mm-hmm. the women had to play at least four games just to even get that amount or even more of that. So that's, that's where the, the whole thing was coming in and why they felt that this needed to change. Yeah. Thank God it finally did. Um, it, like it, It's a great fight, obviously, and I'm glad they took a stand for themselves and I'm glad that they ended up saying, like, listen, we're not going to take this anymore. We're winning. We're better than the men. And flat out right now, they are. I mean, no country... I can I don't think can actually say they've won this many consistent championships, World Cups, FIFA World Cups, whatever it is, compared to the women. I mean, these guys, these ladies have done so well for the sport and really elevated it. And I'm kind of interested. I was doing some research earlier after talking about this topic. I was like, well, maybe WNBA will kind of push in the same direction. But as it's already stated, they're not generating enough fans. They're not generating enough sponsorships. Not many people are viewing the games either. So they need, they need to find a way to market it somehow 
that women can still play sports and also maybe lower the men's like I, I don't really know this is all way above my head but i'm just trying to come up with ideas of coming up with equal pay yes they're not doing it but can, how can we rise it up enough where they are getting enough pay because some of the salaries they're like regular office job salaries like manager job salaries Sixty thousand. you have nba players i think the cheapest contract in the nba right now is 100 grand like i was like what that doesn't make yeah. sense come on it- it's the whole thing where even Van Gundy was saying, can we stop saying these guys are getting underpaid or something? Because it's like when you compare it to the average American salary where it's like they're not getting underpaid. <laughs> this guy's getting paid a million dollars here to, to play for the Golden State Warriors or something <laughs> to play a game like you're getting paid to play. <laughs> it, I mean, it kind of sounds weird to say, but that, that's the reality of it. You're getting paid to play a game. That That's what it is. So, speaking of college sports, you had something that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, this was the talk of the weekend. I mean, the Michigan and Wisconsin game. I mean, the game was over. The guys were playing the music like that, 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 like, yep, for my broadcast partner, everything. They were ready to shut off the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jawan Howard was upset, I believe, because of a timeout where, you know, the game was almost over, but yet they decided to call the timeout. And Yet, Jawan Howard was talking to the head coach for Wisconsin and everything, and then he started getting pushed back, and then he throws, like, a punch <laughs> at one of the assistants, and then it's like, what is going on? It starts into, like, this whole brawl going on oh. on the floor, and, I mean, they had to stay with the broadcast because it's like, okay, yeah, we got something going on here. And as a result, Jawan Howard got suspended for the last five games of the regular season as Michigan head coach, and rightfully so. Because looking at this, he's 49 years old. I know he's a former player. But what are you doing? You are fighting. You're starting a fight. And you are leading young men between the ages of 19 and 22, around that average. So what are you doing by starting a fight? You're not setting a good example. And it is not good leadership. And, I mean, some people wouldn't be surprised if he ended up losing his job because of this. Because you don't see Coach K starting fights. You don't see Tom Izzo starting fights. You don't see even Bobby Knight starting fights with other teams. He'd fight his own players, but yet not other teams. But what is Jawan Howard up to? And yet the fact that, remember, this is only regular season. He can come back for the Big Ten tournament. He can mm-hmm. come back for March Madness. And can you imagine if they face the uh, <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers again? Oh, love it. It's like, Jawan, go to the locker room. You are not shaking hands with these guys. Even if you win, you are not shaking hands with these guys. But but I just want to prove to them that I'm better than them. Yeah. And then he did apologize, which, yes, you should, because, I mean, how could you started a fight? I mean, it's one thing if it was one of your players, but you started the fight. And for Michigan, they this started this. I mean, they now have a, a fill-in head coach. I think it's Phil uh, Martelli. And the start of the conversation where it's like, okay, should these uh, coaches and players still, you know, handshake in the line, like good game, good game. Once the game is over, it's like, yeah, just don't start a fight. That's just as simple as it is. So I think my understanding of that was he put his hand on Juwan Howard. Juwan took exception of it after like the timeout that you had mentioned. And that's why Juwan's like, excuse me, why are you touching me? We're only here to shake hands. Like we're not doing anything else right now. And he ended up, and the guy ended up getting into his face, and then it started escalating. Then he, he put his hands and started the fight. Um, it, so like, 
it's interesting. It's the heat of the game. It's the heat of the moment. You won. It's a it's a rivalry game. You know, Wisconsin and Michigan. So I, I get it. And it's one of those things that obviously we're never going to appease to everyone. It's never going to happen. But there comes a time when you have to. And maybe this goes into the argument of are they going to stop the handshake right after, like give them a few seconds to like cool down? Kind of goes back to the whole, and I always go back to the Richard Sherman analogy when after the game he was getting in, um, interviewed by Aaron Andrews and he's like, well, that's what you get when you put a sorry receiver like that against me. Like they're still in game mode. They have not been able to, Dumb it down, break, decompartmentalize, and just kind of be a human again because they are. And they're they're allowed to show emotions. Now, maybe not that much emotions, but – and you mentioned the coaches. I'm sure there have been things that have been said that they have caused – not scrums, but at least, like, benches clearing, like, hey, we're going to hold you back, coach. Like, you aren't – we're not starting this right now. Bobby Knight, I mean – you're going to use him as the example. He would throw a chair on the court. <laughs> I don't think he can really go any more extreme than that. <laughs> I like. I get it. And five games, I thought was a little, a little too much. I thought maybe three games, um, and like another big fine. But he's he's already done enough for this program and just for himself anyways, like I'm sure it's not going to be a big deal, but if it does come when these two potentially play against each other in the big 10 tournament, what do you, what is the big 10 going to do about this? Because the big 10 now is like, all right, uh, whoever wins go that way. Just, just go, just go away. We don't even need you. What if it's a championship game? It comes down two seconds, Michigan or Wisconsin wins, but you're still going to do the handshake then too. Oh man, <laughs> the possibilities are endless right now with this. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I get it. They're upset, um, but I, I don't know. Sometimes you we have to at least allow some time for these guys to like relax, calm down. You know, give them, yeah. give them a little bit. Yeah, it's just uh, the tension that can happen. I mean, it, it's just with Javon Howard. I mean, the fact that. He's a younger, younger coach. I mean, as yeah. compared to other guys, and just that. I mean, it's a timeout and whatever. So you just gotta try and walk away from it. And I mean, it. It's just another footnote of uh, college basketball, which is always quite interesting around this time of year. Always, always interesting. And again, March Madness is coming up, so we'll probably be talking about that a lot more often. Uh, as the as the month we get into March next, our next episode is going to be in March, which is crazy to think about. We're going to have our uh, our March our first March show right before conference tournaments. Um, so this this could be uh, quite interesting to see what's going to happen. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to make another bracket. Even though, let's face it, my brackets usually uh... by the first game. Uh, pretty much, yeah. That, that's 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 how it happened last year. I picked Ohio State to win, and then it's Ooh. like literally, literally like the why first would you do that? Ohio State's not that good, man. I mean, they were they were one of the top teams last year. I <laughs> I, I wanted to pick one of the top teams, and I picked Ohio State. I mean, now looking at it, I wish I tried to leave in Gonzaga Baylor. or I, I didn't see Baylor. I mean, I, 
Honestly, there's at least one year where it's like the team that I don't see. It's uh, one, one year I didn't even see Wichita State back in 2012. Oh, that was a crazy year. Um, but I think I think that was the year that Louisville made it because I think they picked it out. I think I picked that right. But also that was Patino and all that stuff. And then uh, I, I know um, there was one year with uh, South Carolina. That was another team that uh, made it, I believe, to the final oh. four. That was quite surprising. Well, they made it. I believe they made it to. No, they did make it to the final four. Yeah, because it was them and Gonzaga, and North Carolina, and can't remember who else they played against. But North Carolina ended up winning it against Gonzaga. So, yeah, I normally just pick Duke. <laughs> That's my team. That's who I stick with. Um, I, I'm hoping that they'll win. By the way, did you know? That potentially right now, your college alma mater is potentially going to be hosting the women's tournament. Uh, what college? PS- Kutztown. Oh, PSAC. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, PSAC conference website, PSACsports.org, uh, and this year the top seeding Eastern Division team will be hosting the. Uh, the conference tournament and you guys are 16 and three and 23 and five overall. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that. so all roads right now currently lead through Kutztown for the PSAC. And you said the women's basketball, right? No. Yeah. I mean, we, we play pretty good in football. Now it's got to try and work its way into women's basketball. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Man. Hey, we, we, we almost made it to the <laughs> final four, man. I mean, we were so we're close. there. <laughs> Is it, is it, I mean, it was a fluke play. I mean, it was a Hail Mary. I had to watch it. As that team, I, I think it was, what was it Notre Dame? Oh, no, it was Shepard. Freaking oh, Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That still hurt? It, yeah, it does. I mean, I, I literally thought that we saw one of the greatest comebacks in football and one of the craziest games that I've ever seen in my life. And yet, yeah, that, that hurt. That really hurt. I think the closest my, my school has ever gotten to it, at least an Elite Eight game, was college basketball a couple years ago when we lost to East Stroudsburg. And I was there uh, in Virginia University. And it, it was a great, like, three days. We Honestly, we didn't expect to stay there that long. We were expecting to be there by, like, that Sunday, comeback Monday, spring break was the rest of the week. We left Friday night to get there for Saturday's games. And we're like, all right, we might be able to win. Our, our basketball team, our men's team won. And then Saturday, we're like, oh, man, we're going against the host. Like, it's going to be a tough game. And we won. We're like, wait, we actually have a chance. We actually have a chance to get to the Elite Eight. We made it to the Sweet 16, the furthest. No no other teams have made it this far for Shepherdsburg University history. And we ended up getting so close, losing by 11 to East Stroudsburg, who we had split both games that season already. Uh, both teams won each at home, and finally on a neutral site, East Stroudsburg was just that better of a team against uh, against our men's team, and uh, so close from going to uh, Sioux Falls, North Dakota that year. But that that's the closest I, I remember our team, any of my any of the teams in my school history going when I was a student there. Um, we ended up losing to Westchester in the opening round of the, our football game of the NCAA D2 tournament, which I still have my uh, my NCAA D2 tournament press badge somewhere. 
I'm somewhere. I have so many of them. I'm starting a collection, so it's great. I love them. You gotta collect them. It's the memories that count. It is. Uh, speaking of memories, this day in sports history, Noah, I believe it's your uh, turn to have that. Yes, you are correct. And uh, I'll start this off with uh, one from 1968 on this day in history from on the, on this day.com. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain became the first NBA player to score 25,000 points. So wow. definitely a footnote in history during that time. Again, as Wilt Chamberlain, I mean, definitely regarded as one of the greatest to ever play. And, yeah. and then here's one that's going to be completely ironic, uh, as we were talking about Bobby Knight. Today is the day that he threw that chair. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> I, was, I mean, I had to, I was going to bring that up. I was like, yeah, speaking of Bobby Knight, I mean, everyone knows about that chair throw. It just happened to be today. It worked out perfectly to talk about Jawan Howard. And then here's one that I found most interesting. The city of Chicago on this day in 1988 gave the Cubs the right to install lights at their stadium for the season. They were actually the last team in baseball to play night games in the MLB because they did not have lights. So I found that quite interesting. And then you also had some uh, closing ceremonies as well for the Olympics, 1992-2014, to add to that. And then also uh, you also had Lionel Messi scoring his 50th hat trick as, again, one of the greatest soccer players ever, uh, beating Sevilla 4-2 to in that game in the La Liga. And then also this one I actually uh, – did not know, but it's actually been a year since uh, the Tiger Woods car accident that Ooh. happened last year. So it happened on this day in history. So not a good day to do a podcast. But this that was our day in sports history. Thank you to onthisday.com for providing those facts to us for sports history here on the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. And unsullied by sponsorship since 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it's like EJ is like, I no one. <laughs> I'm like, maybe no one should be the company. So that way they can be spon- technically sponsored, but not sponsored. Does that make sense? Who are you sponsored by? No one. Okay, fine. Be that way. No, no one is the sponsorship. <laughs> oh, okay, why are you confusing me so much? <laughs> Eventually, we are going to have sponsorships for these moments. Our question of the day, our uh, quote of the week, our um, on this day in history, we are working on that. Again, if you would like to email us at the Midday Man of Sports podcast, that's Midday Man of Sports at gmail.com, feel free to email us. We will answer your questions, maybe even put you on the uh, show. And as sports are starting, it seems like sports are starting to die down a little bit especially with, we have no idea what's going on with baseball. Um, as of right now, it's baseball's regular season is being pushed back another week. So it doesn't look like we're going to have. Oh. Soon enough, Eric, I, what you with that whiteboard behind you, can you at least put down like how many days it's been since there's baseball? Yes, because I will do that next. <laughs> it, it's getting to that point. Like once we're done here, we need to start doing that. I mean, but, but uh, before we get to quote of the day, they have a deadline. They need to settle it by this upcoming Monday, the 28th, if they want to start on time. They postponed <laughs> spring training games, but they need to get it done by this Monday if they want to start the regular season on time. And as, we're, as of right now, it doesn't seem like it's going to. Like, yep. to be honest, it just doesn't seem like it's going to go that way. Mm-hmm. So we will put on our whiteboard behind me how many days till baseball season. <laughs> or how many days. We'll, we'll figure that out. But once we uh, put that on, 
Um, hopefully, we have to figure out how we can do this like on YouTube. So that way we can do this. We can have viewers, you know, we can share it on our, our Facebook page, which by the way, don't forget to like us on our Facebook page at the Midday Madness Sports Podcast, uh, which leads us to our quote of the day. And this, again, we're talking about equality. A lot of it uh, was the topic today. So when I look at a person, I see a person, not a rank, not a class, not a title. And this is from Chris Jamie, who is a modern day poet and uh, S. He's a, he writes a lot of essays for equality and just about uh, everyday things. Uh, Chris Jamie says, when I look at a person, I see a person. I don't see a rank, not a class, not a title. So when we look at each other, it kind of goes back to the whole Martin Luther King. And again, this is Black History Month, which is another great month. that's celebrated just our American history in general. Um, and it's one of those things where when you look at a person, you should, you should just see a person and that's it. Not objectify them, not criticize them, but we should be lifting people up. Um, so yeah, that is today's podcast. Thank you for joining us, no matter where you were listening to, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, honestly. And I want to thank you again for joining us. For Noah Pegler, Eric Miller, signing off one more time. And until next time.